Hello and welcome to the Potters Podcast, another one. And firstly, I'm going to have to apologise for last week's because we did it on Zoom. I lost half of it. And you weren't very happy about it, were you, Ange? Well, no, I mean, it's, it, it, when you're working with lesser people, as we've seen with our football team over the years, you don't get the results that you deserve. And I'm just actually thinking of binning you and freshening up the podcast. <laughs> well, you, you can try, but it's mine. <laughs> <laughs> My podcast and I'm keeping it. Yeah, it was a bit of a mistake. I, I'm still, I haven't really got a laptop for it. It's a... Notebook I'm using at the moment. I haven't got a laptop. I've got to invest. That's why I'm doing overtime. Are we um, Are we supposed to now have a, a violin playing in the background and start crying? Well, I'm crying. So, okay. so, so we'll go through. But we had a, a bit of a hit and miss match yesterday. I thought we played really well, to be honest. I think we were quite unlucky at many of it. And that's the Fulham game. So we'll go in with it. What did you think, Anne? I thought it was one of the best games I've seen for a long, long time. And I actually felt we were really unlucky not to get something out of the game. It's a fantastic start, which, you know, you always know when Stokes start well, something's going to go wrong. But the, the goal that they scored straight away to get back in, it was a pretty great goal. I, I know people are blaming Bonham for the third, but if you watch the replay, he's, he's fouled. And he's, his shirt is pulled and he can't get back. But for two of their three goals, I thought defensively we made mistakes. And... Um, that's just been the, the way our season's gone. I still think we'll make the playoffs. I think he's done a fantastic job so far of freshening up the side. My only worry is the goalkeeping department if Bursic doesn't get back fully fit soon. Yeah, he's going to be a big one, isn't it? Right, so we'll go with the player ratings as normal. We'll go straight in with Bonham. Well, he didn't have a great deal to do despite all their attacking play. Um, I thought he flapped at a couple of crosses. Uh, it might be because I haven't seen enough of him, but I'm not confident in him, and um, he's getting a six. Uh, I'm going to go for steady six as well. I thought I agree with you. I think it wasn't really his fault, but I think he should have claimed the cross, in my opinion, anyway, before yeah. he even got to the point where he got his shirt pulled. I'm not 100% on him. Um, I thought he was, he's been all right in the last two games, but the last two games were late in Orient and Hull, even though Hull are on fire again. Um I just, I'm not 100% confident here. I'm a bit surprised we're letting Davis go, which we're going to cover later in the transfer roundup as well. But yeah, he's all right, isn't he? He's a, he, for me, he's a backup to Basic when we get him fit. Yeah, I would agree. Right, so we're going with Tommy Smith. I thought Tommy Smith uh, got some good crosses over. I didn't think he did very well defensively, but I don't actually think he's that good defensively. And because Fulham played the type of way they did, he didn't get forward as much as he would have, uh, as you would have liked. But having said that, um, he got in a few crosses, and I just think he had a, an okay game. I'm giving him a six two. Uh, I'm going to go on for five for Tommy Smith. Um, defensively woeful. A lot of their attacks came through his side, um, not getting back quick enough. It, it, for me, he's, he's turning back into the player we've seen the last couple of years. He started well, he really did. He was really impressing me at the start of the season, but now he's sort of slowly tittering back to the same player again. Uh, average at best. You can't defend for a right back. And I'm sorry, if we want to you know, really cement a good side and go up, we, we, need, we need players that can defend and attack and... For me, he's a defender that just doesn't suit suit what Michael O'Neill's trying to do. For me, it's a position that we have to look at next season if we can spend money again next season. Yeah, I think that's a big if as well. I know, it is a big if. Right, so we move into Josh Tymon. Well, I thought Josh Tymon was far better in the second half than he was in the first. Um, he puts in a huge amount of effort and... Um, He's always a bit of an outlet for us, isn't he? Yesterday I thought he was more um, of an outlet, but part of the problem with Tymon, when Chester's playing behind him, he has to cover Chester, and, and that's a bit of a downside for, for me. It was um, That was the only downside, I'm giving him a seven. And I'm going to go on with a seven as well. I thought, I thought Tymon's it's cross... It's worrying, that's two, we've given the same... I know, three, mm. three. <laughs> um, um, time and I, I, I thought it was a lovely cross for the goal the beginning bit I thought it was a beautiful ball but that's the only one I can really talk about to be honest defensively 
I don't like him alongside Chester because we do all know that Tymon can't defend very well. Um, but at least he was going towards the ball more this week, which which is why he's getting a seven. He, he was he was asking for the ball and he was moving with it and, and trying to connect as well, which is improvement on timing because more recently he has been, you know, sort of standing around with his mouth open waiting for the ball to come to him. At least he was chasing down this week. And a better performance and I hope it continues because he, he, I thought he did all right timing for me. Right, okay. right, so now we go into Harwood Bellish. I got it right this week, but nobody knows I got it wrong last week because it didn't go up. No, that's, I think that's the real reason that you didn't uh, put out the podcast last week because you were making mistakes with the uh, names. Um, the thing I like about Taylor Harwood Bellish is for a young lad, and obviously he's gaining from Yagielka t- talking to him a lot, he's, he's a bit like Suter. He always looks for a good pass rather than just get rid of it and hoof it. I thought he was good defensively. I think he'll learn a huge amount at Stoke. Hopefully, if um, if he's not ready for the Manchester City team again next season, they'll allow us to have him back for a full season. But I, I actually think that uh, he's been a really good addition and um, he's technically gifted and I'm giving him a seven. Uh, I'm going to go over six, actually, with Howard Bayless, to be honest. I, I, I like his aggression. I like how he moves off the ball. But with the ball, I'm not 100% convinced and there was a lot of wayward passes that he made yesterday. I think he's a, a promising player and I think there's a lot there to take. I mean, if we could get him on a permanent basis, if we've got money, there's a chance, especially at his age. Um, I think he'd be a very good addition to Stoker for the future, especially with Ben Wilmot and, you know, Jagielka maybe being the centre pin with obviously Suter coming back as well. But I thought he's got to improve on that passing. Yesterday, there was a lot of wayward passes which I wasn't impressed with. But, he did all right off the ball. He seems to know when to run and when to when to stick. And good promising so far. That's all I'm saying. Okay. Right now, for me, sign of the season so far, and that's Phil Jagielka. Uh, I think Jagielka has been a, a great piece of business. He, he reads the game really, really well. From the minute he comes on the pitch, he has that authority about him. He's telling players where to go. And he could uh, be the signing of the season for us. I already hope they extend its low, his end, sorry, his end of the season signing for another 12 months. I mean, Michael O'Neill, um, that was all he was bothered about. And I, I, I thought he was very good yesterday. And I'm going to give him uh, a seven as well. Uh, I'm going to go with an eight, actually, for Jaggy Elk yesterday. I think there was a lot of good last-ditch tackling that made a big difference. And I thought he, he made a big difference to be honest to the defence. He, he, he just brings that experience that we haven't had for a while, don't he, really? He's got yeah. he's, he's still quick as well for his age. Um, I know he was a bit slow for the first goal, but I can't really blame him for that. It was a wonder strike. I, I thought he did really well yesterday. And already, already, he, he looks like something we've been missing for a couple of years. And it's yeah. surprising for a man of his age how good Absolutely. he's been. And he, he's getting an eight from me. I thought he was brilliant yesterday. Right, so now we move into James Chesty. Next. No, come on, got to Um, I know he played because your mate, Ben Wilmot, um, who hasn't been the same since he had his hair cut, you know, he's getting injuries, a bit like old Samson here with the hair. Um, <laughs> I thought Chester was pretty poor yesterday. In fact, there were times when I felt he was a bit of a liability. And the errors he's making are costing us. Um, a three. Um, I, I think you're being generous. I'm getting with a. I'm going to go in with two. To be honest, James Chester yesterday completely outplayed. Everyone was running past him. Defensively, kept giving the ball away at stupid times. Too slow to react when the ball was coming to him and letting. Let's be honest, quick players that Fulham have got. And there was a lot of ball watching from him as well when when they were passing the ball. He didn't know when to run, when not to, which. It's really strange when he's a defender. Um, just really poor. They, they, I don't understand why we're letting players like Danny back go and he's staying. What is he doing? Is he making the manager bruise? Is he, is he, what's he doing for the manager? I'll tell you why Bart went, right? Bart wanted... Well, I, I, nobody can tell you. I'm sorry. It, it's my impression. Bart's contract was up in the summer. Bart's getting to the age now where he wants as long a contract as he can get. Bart was looked at by a couple of clubs in, in Division 1 and they offered him an 18-month contract. He picked Sunderland probably because he thought he'll get back in the Championship with them. But that's what's happening. That's what will happen with players like Davis too, who 
by the time some people listen to this podcast, will probably have been unveiled as Sheffield United goalkeeper because, as Michael O'Neill said yesterday, it's about money, it's about freshening things up, and it's about players looking at their own contracts. And Davis wanted to leave. Davis wanted to go because he had an offer of a longer contract, and I suspect it's the same with Bath. Now, if you're going back to Chester, which we were talking about, I can't think of anybody wanting to offer Chester a contract of any length apart from us, and that's why he'll stay with us until his time is up. But yeah, well, we'll talk more about this on obviously the transfer roundup. But yeah, Paul. Uh, right. So now we go into Lewis Baker. Um. To me, he's, he's the long-term replacement for Joe Allen, and hopefully that's sooner rather than later, because again, if we can get Allen off the wage bill, that's great for Stoke. Uh, but he's driving forward all the time, isn't he? If he's on the ball or not, he drives forward. He's got a really good pass, and um, that's that's great at the moment. But his goal was, was, was really good. I talked about Joe Allen. He had a large part with him getting the ball for that goal, but what a cracking strike, and... Follow that up with your second goal on Tuesday, please. I thought he was a, a great addition to the team and he, 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 he fitted in straight away. Uh, yeah, fantastic debut for me. Uh, I, I like his mopping up. I like even when he's nowhere near the ball, he seems to have the pace to run through. I mean, he started yeah. as a cam um, yeah. at Chelsea before dropping into this holding midfield role and he's, he's taken to it like a fish to water. It's incredible. Yeah, and yeah he, I'm he, giving him an eight, by the way. Give him an eight, I think that's harsh. Um, I, I think it was a, an amazing performance. The, the strike was beautiful as well from a deep position. Yeah. He just thought, go on, I'll have a go. And it, we need players like that who, who aren't afraid to have a go. Because that, for me, is one of the biggest problems I have with Joe Allen is not being adventure enough. And, and, and I think he will replace Joe Allen next season in the central midfield, hopefully, or even as a holding midfielder, because it was a great debut, and I'm excited to see more of Lewis Baker now, especially getting him for nothing as well from Chelsea. I think it's probably one of the best scoops we've done for a while. And if and if, if that's Tony Scholes' final um, shot before leaving... No, I'm not going to thank you, I'm sorry. I, I tried, <laughs> but I, I tried my best. Like I, I'm getting on with a nine. For Baker, I thought it was wow. for, for a debut. I thought that was an absolute fantastic performance. He really looked the difference. To be honest, if Baker weren't on the pitch yesterday, I think we would have got battered. I truly do. He was mopping okay. everything up. He couldn't handle him at times. Right. So now we move into Joe Allen. I didn't think he was the worst player on the pitch because I've already decided who that was, and I gave him a three. Uh, but he did quite a few misplaced passes. He did have a good part to play in in, in Baker's goal. In fact, I think he had an involvement in the first goal too. But I'm not a big fan of, of Joe Allen and I think his time at Stoke is coming up to the end. I'm going to give him a six. Uh, I'm going to go on for four for Joe Allen yesterday. Um, again, n- nothing really. Um, yeah, he, he made a couple of simple passes to people next to him again like he always does. He plays like a safe player for me. And that's my biggest problem with him. He's, he's too safe. It's always the, the man next to him. It, it, defensively, again, he was lacklustre. Didn't really get right around where he needed to be. Wasn't because as soon as the players that Fulham we've seen, the way the way they pass was a Premier League team, and they were a good side. There's no question of that. But Joe Allen, I'm sorry, it, it's time now. It's time for him to go. It's his 200th game. You expect him to put a bit of effort in. And for me, he just looks like a player that's that's at, that's looking for his next move. That's that's all it looks like to me. Yeah. And the thing is, what's more frustrating is he's been named captain, and he do, he just doesn't play like a captain for me. If it was me next week, I'd take that armband off and I'd give it to, to Jaggy Elke till the well, end of the I, season. I think um, when he went off, the armband was given to Klukas, wasn't it? Oh. And I thought that that. I didn't think Lucas had a very good game at all. I was a bit surprised about that, but obviously that's a decision that's made before players go on the pitch. Yeah, and that's why he's getting a low mark from me. Right, so now you've just mentioned him, we go into Sam Lucas. Average. Average, average, average. And and that's... Uh, I mean, I thought he was outstanding at all. Um, but, of course, he hasn't played for Fulham, has he? And he has this ability... Sam Klukas to play out of his skin against his previous clubs. I just wish this one of his previous clubs had been fallen, but I'm giving him a six. Uh, a five again from me. Um, to be honest, he didn't even look fit to me. The last week against Hull, he was amazing, which which I said on the podcast that now doesn't exist. 
again, it's a, it's a typical Kluka's performance. Where has that player gone from a couple of years ago? And I know, yeah. I know he's had an injury, and, and that, that might have jolted bit things a bit, but nothing again yesterday. He didn't even make any of those clever runs he was making against Hall. No. He, he just seemed. No. I don't think he'll play midweek. He said that about James Chesty. <laughs> about yeah. this weekend. Well, I mean, he wouldn't have played if, if your mate had been fit. Well, if, if my mate were fit, we probably would have won Ladder that game. better be up off his bed before work of Tuesday if, rather than Chester. Right, we're, we're going to put this in. We're going to give Ben Wilmot an eight because we would have won 4-1 if he was playing. <laughs> <laughs> uh, right, I'm quickly moving on from that because I don't want to talk about the midfielders. Uh, now we move into, for me, the new best player in the world, which is which is DiMaggio, right, Phillips? I thought, when he played against Leighton Orient in the Cup, I thought, oh, this lad could do a bit for us. When he played at Hull, I thought he was really good. And yesterday, I thought it was a man-of-the-match performance for him. I thought he was superb. Um, he's chasing the ball all the time. For such a little lad, um, he can't be above five foot three, five foot four. He's, he's really strong. He's, he's difficult to knock off the ball. And there were a couple of times when they flattened him and he just got up and carried on. So for me, he, he's, um, he tries to make things happen. He's technically very gifted. I wish he would stop being the Peter Beagley when he scored because you just know with our luck, he'll twist an eyelash at one point and be out for six months. But for me, he gets a nine. Um, this is going to surprise everyone, but for me, he's getting a nine as well. Wow. I, th- I thought he was man of the match again yesterday, which is two weeks in the row, in a row I think, for me now. I think... No, Leighton Orient obviously was the last one. Um, I thought he was brilliant again. It's his trickery. It's something I haven't seen down Stoke for a long time. And I'm not just talking about his goal. It was a little bit of trickery to get down the right-hand side and put that beautiful ball in, which Jacob Brown absolutely spooned all over the place. Should have been 2-1 yeah. early on. It, yeah. And then second half, there was a, a time where he got the ball and it looked like he had nowhere to go. Little back, back, back flick. Ran through, beat two players, and then passed it through into Joe Allen, who lost the ball. Brilliant from Wright Phillips. This is this player is exciting me more than Campbell did when he broke through. I think this lad is going to be a star. I really do, and we need to get his a long contract put down as quickly as possible. Throw whatever money we want at him because, apart from I'm a bit worried about his height and he's a bit, a bit you know thin, and I'm hoping that somebody don't come in and clatter him, knock him out for six months, but. I think you. So you've already said it. There was a lot of players trying to get him off the ball, and he couldn't do it. He's so clever on the ball, and from a player that's only made, I think that was his first home debut. Absolutely fantastic, and this lad's going to be something. I can tell you that now. You've heard it to you first. Our new best player is going to be on the back of my shirt next year. Right, Phillips. Here we go. Right. So now we move on to Jacob Brown. Look, we, we, everybody knows that Jacob Brown isn't a class goal scorer. In fact, after we were one up, he had a chance possibly that he should have made it two. And then you don't know what's going to happen. But you can't fault his effort. But more importantly, as I've always said to you since we've been doing this here, he closes down, he presses, and everything starts from the front with him. When he went off yesterday, right, we lost every ounce of pressing and closing down. So for me, he has to start in matches like that, and he's getting a seven. Yeah, he's getting he's getting an eight from me actually, Jacob Brown. Other than the wow. other than the howly, <laughs> for the, yeah. I mean, right, Phillips put it on a plate for him. I don't care what anyone says. You put that away. I don't, yeah, I, you I, do. I don't know why Stoke keeps keep getting where 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 do they keep getting all these strikers that caught it the net from? <laughs> where, <laughs> the corner of the market, isn't it? Know? He's been going on for years. It's not just now. Yeah. You know, purely like Sadibian. Yeah. Like, he used to make missing a sitter an art form. And Perry Card and, and Lightbourne, they go on. Yeah. Uh, Keith Scott. But yesterday, I can remember standing there and I said to my mate when we were up on the top end, and I said, Brown's been amazing today. He's, he's every, play, every time he got the ball, he was chasing him down, he was going yeah, he at him. Every time. The work rate of him yesterday was frightening. And it was probably a big reason why we were in the game more and why Fulham was struggling with us. Because he was everywhere. Every time a defender got the ball, Brown was there. Brown was there. He was chasing everything down. And other than missing sitters, it was a good performance. And if it wasn't for Wright Phillips 
bits of trickery and of course getting the goal he probably would have got man of the match for me because he he, yeah. he was knackered when he came off and you could see it and you're right when he came off I think that was game over for us we just apart from obviously that great shot from time and we just, we just couldn't seem to get a grip of the game and no. it, that's because of Brown he, he is a good player he just needs to sort out his finishing let's be honest definitely right so now go for the substitutes Campbell came on for Brown I think Tyrese Campbell, for whatever reasons, uh, has gone backwards. When he first came back into the team, maybe it was adrenaline. Um, there's no doubt he's a clinical finisher, and if he'd have got into that position, probably where Brown had the chance, he may, he may well have buried it. But for me, he's gone back in betting in terms of since he first came back in the team. We all know he's had a serious injury, um, and I think he needs um, to get a little bit sharper. Uh, maybe now that Stoke have got uh, an influx of players with uh, Jaden, as we'll call him just for the rest of the podcast, or we'll use up the whole podcast with him and Taylor Bellish's name, um, I think he needs to be on the bench for a while and maybe that'll give him a, a little bit of a kick up his not inconsiderable backside at the moment because to me he's on the back foot at the moment. He's playing on the back foot for everything and he's getting a five. Uh, he's getting a five from me. I, I, he was trying to get round the back once, but he, he, with no Brown on the pitch, there was no sort of anchor, and he was he was trying to do a Brown role, which we all know it doesn't suit him. He's he's not that kind of player. Um, Campbell just needs to get this season out of the way, in my opinion, get himself fit properly and get back into the into the pre-season swing and get himself sharp, and I think that's what's going to happen. Um, I, I think. Michael O'Neill's doing it right, bringing him off the bench, trying to get maybe a, a sneaky goal because he is a good weapon to have on the bench. Let's be yeah. honest, he is our best finisher. Still, doesn't matter what Wright Phillips does or or Fletcher, he is our best finisher, and we need him fit as soon as possible for me. So he does get yeah. a five. Now for me, this substitute really angered me because I don't know why he wasn't starting, and that's Tom Ince. Well, surely you knew once he came on why he wasn't starting. Because for me, and I would have played in from the start too, but all he did was he tried a few fancy tricks, but he didn't. I know it's hard to come into a match that's gone on to that pace um, and is, was a really good game, but I didn't think he did much at all. Um, he went back to the ins that we saw a few matches ago when we were worried when he came on. I thought he was absolutely brilliant at Hull, absolutely outstanding at Hull, and he scored his second goal, and he's just typical for him, isn't it, that your podcast doesn't work when we were praising him so much. Uh, but for me, I didn't think he did anything when he came on to warrant to start on Tuesday, so he's getting a five from me. Uh, yeah, they always get they always get a five. I, that, to be honest, I, I think it's sickening that he didn't start. For me, he was second He was second behind Ralph Phillips, the man of the match. Oh, so do I. But then you saw uh, what he did when he came on, and maybe he'd been like that all week in training, so we don't know. I, I know we don't know, but... You know, when a player's played that well in the game before, yeah, you don't I, drop I agree. Him. It's, it's, not, it's, it's not right for me, that. And I mean, if I'm being honest, I hope somebody comes in for him in this window when he goes. Uh, because he needs to play every week. And I don't mean that nastily. It, it would be nice to get him off the wage bill too. Um, and, and he needs to go and play football at his age. Yeah, it, it's, it's right. But at the moment, he he's, he's in great form. And, and for me, not playing him it was a big mistake. Right, so now I'm going to have to try pronounce this. Philly. Hang on. Bob. There you go. Bedace. What's his first name? No, I'd, no. <laughs> no. Right, you, his you, first you, name what? is Jaden, you can say that. I can say Jaden, yeah, but the thing is, I want you to say it because you're obviously the expert on this, you have to cover this. So come on, what is the lad's new signing's name? Jaden PB. Yeah. <laughs> That's cheating. Get his name said. Come on. <laughs> no, I've said it once already in this podcast, and I'm I'm not. Get, you're just trying to get me to do a Nigel, and I'm not doing it. Right. Uh, okay. It's Jaden Philadays Bidays. A uh, pardon? There you go. <laughs> <laughs> I think you just said that very quickly to try and confuse everyone. <laughs> I did. Yeah. So I, I, I was trying to wind a few people up. I, I have seen the jokes. I really have seen the jokes about. Um, what his name's going to be called and it is a tough one and um, as soon as I heard he'd signed the first thing I did was to try and find out uh, how you pronounced his name but you know you just know that most people are going to shorten it 
to uh, Jane PB, don't you? <laughs> yeah, it's just to make it easier, really. It's just life yeah. for everyone else. Uh, how did uh, how did uh, your, your partner in crime on Bruce Radio Stoke say it? Um, well, Lee Blakeman has, has sort of made it a bit Italian. Um, Lee Blakeman's gone with Jaden Filagini Vidacci. Oh, um, oh, yeah. But I was told by the people that signed him that his name is Jaden Filagini Bidace. And that's what I will call him, Jaden Philogene Bidace, until he tells me his name's Jaden Smith. About, about and if he does, I'll be delighted. about to say, he's at home now fuming, because you've said it wrong. <laughs> <laughs> he likes the Italian twist. But yeah. to be fair, I'm going to give him a six, actually. I thought he actually had a good... A six after me saying his name right three times? Well, I'll, I'll get all right. I'll give you a seven. But Thank the, you. But for, six is quite good for the amount of time he came on and, and played, to be honest. I thought, I like his engine. I think he's a good player. He was trying trying to get us back in that game. And he made mistakes. I normally go at 87 because I I, I hate crowds. Which is good good of a Stoke fan at times. But yesterday, I think this is a player that's going to obviously replace Klukas, hopefully as soon as possible, because I think his pace is going to make a big difference to that midfield. And yeah, I'm excited. I'm excited to see him play and start a game. Now, obviously, against uh, Huddersfield, is it not next game? Um, no, it's Coventry. Coventry, Coventry. Oh, not Coventry. But yeah, very impressed so far with the new signings. Yeah. All of them are impressing, which is which is unheard of for us in transfer windows, yeah. isn't it? Well, I think that he came, when he came on, I thought, wow, he is pretty fast. And and I was I was trying to think, would you play him and Dimaggio Wright Phillips? in the same team at the same time. I would at home against a lesser team. I don't know whether he will at, um, at Coventry. I'd like to see him both on against Huddersfield. But um, those two players, because of their pace, because of their trickery, I mean, all defenders hate pace, don't they? Yeah. Could you imagine him up against Chester? Ooh, I mean, don't, don't you know, do that. With a few, not just Chester, but an ageing defender. He... Plus the fact he's got so much technical ability in just the short amount of time we saw him, um, I thought it was great and it's refreshing now that Stoke have got pace. And if he'd have been on any longer and I'd have had to say his name any more, then I would have given him an eight, but I've given him a seven. There we go. Right, so now we'll move into the overall performance. Uh, For me, it's an eight. Uh, I'm going to go for seven because, of course, we lost the game. <laughs> so I can't, I can't go in. I think, I think there's a, a couple of mistakes in that defence that need ironing out, and I think we all know why. That's down to one man, isn't it, James Chester? And yeah, I, I think it's just a positive look at the new signings because they played against, for me, the best team. For me, looking at that Fulham side yesterday, because we were watching them, especially second half of the first half, we were watching them pass the ball around. That's a Premier League team. They're going up. And, and the thing that a lot of people forgot is that their two best players weren't playing as well because of COVID. So, and they still looked a fantastic side. So, yeah. it's, it's, it's a good performance for me against a team like that that's going up. They'll win the league comfortably for them, like I said at the start of the season. And um, it's a positive. I know we lost, but it's a positive, which is why I'm going to go over seven. Okay. Right, now Michael O'Neill's rating. Well, he did his subs earlier than normal. Um, I think when you look at the players he brought in, I mean, if, if we take Jaden, my mate Jaden PB, if we if we take him, I mean, he hadn't done any training, I wouldn't have thought, with the, with the lads. And uh, he probably only met the players the previous day. So I, I think he's to be admired for the uh, for the adventurism that uh, that he used, if that's a word. Adventurism is that a word? Yeah, it is a word. Yeah. Right. Well, for the adventurism, then you telling me it's a word, I'm not believing you. Um, <laughs> I'm not trying. I just I'm think not he was so adventurous that um, I'm going to give him an eight. Uh, I'll go with a seven again. Um, I'm a bit annoyed that Tom Ince didn't play, but I, I think it's a, I think it was a very brave thing to put Wright Phillips in again, especially against a team as strong as Fulham, and it paid off. Let's be honest, there's a lot of managers in in our past, especially Tony Pulis, that never would have given Wright Phillips that opportunity against a big side like that, and he, he does deserve credit for that. It's nice to see Bedace, because I'm going with that yep. now. <laughs> Yeah, okay. <laughs> into the team, and I, and I think he's fitted 
Baker in perfectly as well and it, it's it's positive and I can't wait for the rest of the season. I'm a bit more positive now with the new signings than I was about two weeks ago where I thought we were going to be in a relegation battle by the way we were playing. We, yeah, but you've always been a miserable person. And I am not. I think you have to appreciate those to get you back in your misery mood. I am not. It's that we won't probably have Taylor Harwood Bellis next season. We won't have uh, Philogene Bidais. Um, as I'm now going Italian, likely, you know, we won't have Jaden Philogene Bidais next season unless we get him on another season-long loan. So these are stop gaps which we have to make the most of. Yeah, plus there's a, there's a chance of getting him on loan again, isn't there? If if the well, you'd like happy. to think so. Because you know Man City are never going to play Harwood Bellish, so there's always opportunity of getting him permanently. I, I still think they can get him on a permanent basis if if they can well, start you'd playing like to think again. So, but the thing that gets me about the team at the moment is. Look, we're looking like we've got a lot of good players now with the freshening up. But if anything happens to Jagielka at the moment, I'm worried. Yeah, I am. I am. Because at the moment he's the spine. And the problem is with letting Danny back go. And now if Jagielka does get a knock, we're going to have to put Chester in there on a more permanent basis. And I, I don't want him in the centre of a three because he's, he's crap, to be, to be brutally honest. And, you know, it's one of them where do we look at maybe one more? Defender in the window can get a free transfer or something like that because I just don't trust Chester. This is the thing. Well, the other thing is if if Wilmot, if your mate Wilmot, as he's now known, uh, gets back on Tuesday, do do you put uh, Taylor Harwood Bellis on the left hand side because that... you got Fox there as backup? So mm. there's there's several things that need to be thought of uh, for Tuesday. And if you look at even further long term, then the right wing back. You've got Smith. He's out of contract in the summer. I don't know whether Stoke will re-sign him. And the only backup for him you've got is Dehaney. Yeah. It, it, well, so there's were... got to be lots of work done in the summer, and we're still constrained by FFP until somebody tells us otherwise. I think next season, because the extension, because of COVID, I think next season they, they, we are lifted from FFP. I think it's free. It's normally three years, but we had four years because. Of COVID. Yeah, that's right, yeah. So next year, next summer, I'm expecting you know about 180 million spent. I've got to be honest. What? How much are you expecting? Uh, 30 million max. 30 million nowadays. Yeah. That's one midfielder. Well, not the way we sign it. Darby, it's not a midfielder's leg, is it? We <laughs> sign him and then never play him. Gianelli <laughs> and Bula, Remember, three matches. No, I don't like the. <laughs> Don't bring him up again, please. <laughs> I don't remember. <laughs> and the other thing, while we while we just digressing, which I'm very good at, I'm surprised he hasn't used Fletcher at all in the in the last couple of games. He's been on the bench both times, so I don't know what that means. Well, that's beautifully segue now into the transfer rumor mill. Okay. In, in the transfer, so obviously Bedace has come in. There's talk of maybe one more signing, but it means some have got to leave. Danny Bat's gone. Which I want to talk about. I'm really not happy about that that decision, to be honest. I understand why it's happened, but I think at this time, when we're we're relying on a 39-year-old to stay fit, I'm not 100% convinced that's a good good sell for me. I'm I'm, I'm happy he's gone on, and I think Sunderland's a good club for him, and we're probably playing him, hopefully we are, but maybe we're playing him next season. What do you think of that decision? Are you happy with that transfer? Because I'm not. Well, firstly, I'm hoping we don't play him next season because I'm hoping we get in and win the playoffs. Uh, Secondly, I said at the start why I thought he'd gone and I think he's gone for his own betterment in terms of his financial future. So, um, I I wish him all the best and I I don't think it's, um, it's a bad thing for us. I don't think it's a bad, a bad thing, but... You, you know, we, we let him go for nothing, don't we? And for me, yeah. I would have just kept him till the end of the season. I know players. Well, when you when you factor in the wages, we haven't let him go for nothing. We've saved some money on him, and that's what it's all about at this stage. And they've used that money, um, which, which Michael O'Neill did say they've used the Suter Insurance money from Australia. They've used Danny Bart's money. They'll they'll have used Adam Davis's money. Um, so. I think they've done great without spending a huge amount of money. And and I know what you're saying about Bart, but I would have let him go. There we go then. So I wouldn't have done you would have. Back to arguing. 50 50. You're wrong, I'm right. I'm always right. Um, uh, 
so yeah, we're, we're going to talk about Adam Davies. That's literally imminent now, isn't it, that he's going to be a Sheffield United player? Well, he had the medical yesterday. I think they'll probably announce it tomorrow. My concern is that, um, let's say Bursic comes back and he isn't 100% fit. Um, that's a worry. I'm not overly impressed with Bonham, and that, so that might be sound really bad after a couple of games. And that might just be because we've been very lucky with goalkeepers we've had. Adam Davis has done nothing wrong in my eyes at Stoke. He's got a really good record, you know, of goalkeeping. Frankie Fielding, they'll probably try and, and tie down t- to the end of the season. But if something happens to a Bursic that he isn't back within two weeks, then I'm, I'm going to be a bit worried about it. Well, that's there's other news about that really. Is is Derby and uh, are desperate apparently to get Frankie Fielding and is their new number one to replace? I can't remember who's left. David Marshall. So somebody's left, aren't they? So it's the guy. Is uh, a Swedish loanee, wasn't he? Ronnie Olsen or something? I don't know. Yeah. So so the the thing is that we might. I'd be very worried if Fielding goes as well. Because then then we're gonna have to bring a kid in to be third choice because yeah, Blondie is obviously out on loan and. It is, it is back, a, isn't he, at the moment? Yeah, so it, it's a bit of a risk. It's a bit of a risk with Berzik in the position he's in because yeah. I'm the same. I don't 100% trust Bonham in that position. But, you know, we have got probably one of the best young goalkeepers in the country at the moment, so in Berzik. So we need to start forcing him and making him known that he's going to be number one. So yeah. we, we all know Davies was going to go even now or at the end of the season. So Yeah, and Davies probably, as I'm saying, he, Michael O'Neill said Davies wanted to go. And, and if you've probably, it's probably gone something like this, hasn't it? OK, we're more than happy for you to stay, but you were signed as a first choice keeper. So your salary will go down because we think Jack Bursic will be, Joe Bursic will be number one. Uh, if you're if you're a professional footballer and you're an international, which people forget Davis is, then you'll think, oh, thanks, I'll just go somewhere else where they'll pay me a signing on fee, they'll give me a longer contract, and I've got a chance of establishing establishing myself back as number one. Um, and you know, he came from Barnsley. He's a chance to play at Sheffield United, which is a good team. Um, I I just don't think it was a I think it was a no brainer. Yeah, it, it, it makes sense. I, I understand the Davis one going. It, it, it's, I just feel a bit sorry for him because he has done well in a Stoke shirt. But when you, there's, you know, a very, very, very talented young goalkeeper coming through, the club has, has got to play him, otherwise he'll leave. Um, yeah. There's also now small rumours that Stephen Fletcher might be going. Yeah, I, I don't know anything about that. I, I think that, again, you're looking at... Um, it might be people think, well, he's out of contract at the end of the season. He'll be looking to get a contract elsewhere. Uh, if he's going to get a contract elsewhere on that basis, I'd let him go. Um, I don't think he will. I think he'd be quite happy to stay here. He's, he's happy at Stoke. But I, I would let him go if if they feel that they've got the cover. And I think Stoke have now got the cover. But I just can't see it happening because he'll, he'll be on decent money at Stoke. Well, there's small rumours of a return to Scotland. Yeah, and I wouldn't blame you for that. But I'll, I'll have a bet with you now, for 100%, Tom Edwards will be gone. Uh, yeah, that's the next one. Tom Edwards has been linked to a few League One clubs and including Peterborough. Do you reckon, is this going to be a, a leave or permanent or is it going to be a loan? I think Tom Edwards will go back to New York Red Bulls on loan for another season. He can't play for anybody at the moment. He's out for at least another six or seven weeks that'll just fit in perfectly with the American football season restarting he was a massive success there the only thing with Tom is he's very much a homeboy he doesn't like uh, a lot you know he stays in Britain all the time his family don't travel I don't think his family even went to see him play football in America even though they could have at some point after Covid had died down a bit but I think he'll go back to the States well, there you go then, that's that's going to put that. So there's other rumours of another signing. Where do you think that signing would make? Or where would it well, be? if it were me, I'd be going for a striker. But strikers don't come for no money, do they? Uh, and you're either going to be very young and raw or out of favour at your current club. Um, I would be looking for a striker. I would also be looking to uh, get Surridge out on loan because it's just not happened for him at Stoke. Arguably, somebody will turn around and say, well... Do you really want them to get another striker? And if you could persevere with him, uh, I think Tash and Oakley Booth will go out on loan. I think some of the young kids will go out on loan. Um, but 
that would be the position I would go for, a striker that can bury the goals. Well, that's, that's going to be one of the things that I think the club's looking at. Are they trying to offload Stephen Fletcher and Tash and Oakley Booth? Well, Tash and Oakley Booth needs, needs a loan, doesn't he? He's not playing. Um, I, I, I don't know. They saw something in him. Um, it hasn't happened for him yet. He had a couple of injuries, so he's not going to be a great loss going out on loan, is he? Because um, he, he, he's hardly figured. Um, as regards Surridge... He's got, supposedly got a knee injury again. Um, I say supposedly, he's got a knee injury again, so is somebody going to take the risk of taking him uh, when he's got a bad knee? It's um, it's quite clear that Seema, if he is coming back, isn't going to be available till April, and I thought the way Michael O'Neill worded, uh, I think it's a bit ambitious that. I think they're still trying to uh, do a deal somewhere along the line uh, to get him to go back and, and just stay at Brighton. Yeah, which makes sense because he has he's been a complete flop of a signing season. Well, I mean, he's just been very unlucky, hasn't he? Uh, he's had injuries, and that's the end of it. And and I think some people uh, they they they'll probably from now on they'll be looking. Do I want to go to Stoke? Everybody that goes there has a kiss of death all over them. You know, that's just how unlucky we've been. We could go next season and have not one injury, but we've had a fair few the last couple. Yeah, which which is true. Yeah. Right, so now the big news that's happened this week is that Tony Scholes has finally left. Yes, um, I, I thought I did actually think you'd have um, you'd have played some sort of uh, funereal music at the start and uh, had a somber, you know, minute silence, but you didn't. No, no, it, it was more like going to be party poppers and in fireworks to be honest yeah. <laughs> it wasn't it's great news for Stoke that Tony's gone I know he's done good things in the past which he has done but he's done a lot of wrong things in my opinion as well I am not a big fan I'll be brutally honest well um, I'll say this that uh, as a person away from his dealings at the football club I found him quite affable as a person I was dealing with on the supporters council found him quite obstructive at times but he was doing that for the reasons of the club and finances so that was a difficult um, circle to square or square the circle whichever way you want to say it having um, had the first council meeting without him with uh, the joint chair of the football club um, yesterday that was like a breath of fresh air because you felt the shield had gone so um, I felt far better um, as we all did, speaking to um, the joint chair of the football club. But as you said, he did some very good things and there weren't too many people shouting about him when we had 10 years in the Premier League. Um, And he will always say he just signed the cheques. He had nothing to do with the um, players coming in. Whether that's true or not, we'll never know. Well, hmm... When people say he was, I wasn't happy with him for the last three, four years in the in the Premier League. I'll be honest, and I, I think thought it would have been longer than that. No, because well, he, he, things worked with Pulis, but as soon as he lost that, as soon as he lost that protection, Pulis, it all started going wrong for me. For me, well, I don't think there was any love lost between the two of them. After uh, look, it's it's common knowledge that once Denver Bar's signing suddenly changed, having seen him photoed in a Stoke tracksuit. And then the second opinion was suddenly called for where his knee became a ticking time bomb. Sadly, it didn't go off for another 15 years. And Stoke missed out on what I think would have been a perfect signing for the football club. I don't think from that moment on there was much love between Tony and Tony. Exactly. Um, to be honest, my, my opinion of this is Tony Scholes. I think if it wasn't for Tony Scholes, I think we could have broke into a top seven club, to be honest, at that time. I, think... I wouldn't disagree with you. I think he, at times he was too stingy with money. He was too hard in the deal to try and get players cheaper rather than getting quality in and understanding that a player would improve us drastically and it, but instead of just looking at finances. For me, he was in the wrong role. I think he's an incredibly good businessman when it comes down to finances and stuff like that, which is, his, which is what he's there for. But if you asked him what a good player is, he wouldn't know. It, he wouldn't know. And it, I think he had way too much power in that role, and I think well, he did Well, Sino Berahino was um, a great example of his love of good players, but we won't get into that because it's all water under the bridge now, and we're back on the roll, and we'll soon be back up there. Yeah, and that's that's the hope of it. And, but is there any rumours of who could be coming in to replace Tony Scholes? Um, well, 
don't, this is just my personal view, right? This is nothing that I know fact-wise. But what I will say is that it's a perfect time for the owners of the club to, to check what other football clubs are doing now and decide the way they want to go forward. If, if you look at football clubs now, very few football clubs have a CEO. They have head of football, they have the director of operations, they have chief operating officers. And I think Stoke are probably looking uh, at the way forward from that. Well, it's true, yeah. I mean, if you look at a lot of the successful clubs and a lot of the ones who are doing incredible things in the Premier League, like your Leicesters and, well, I would have said Leeds last season, not so much this. It does need a modern turn, doesn't it? And, and if you look yeah. at most clubs, most clubs, the owners have absolutely nothing to do with it at all, apart from sign checks, which is exactly. which is where I'd like to see the club go more, really, when bringing yeah, people in and know what, well what they're do. doing. They're not stupid, you know. They, uh, we laugh at, sometimes I laugh, and, and I'm as guilty as everybody else, of saying they should do this, they should do that. Pretty good at the other business they own. So I, I sometimes I think just shut up, Angela, and let them get on with it. Because whilst it might not be the same business, Football's a business, and they're good business people. Yeah, and they are. Let's hope they, let's hope they know what they're doing. Right, so yeah. bef- before before we jump into the ladies, we're going to talk about Coventry and what we think's going to happen there, score predictions and all that. Well, it's not just Coventry, is it? It's Coventry and Huddersfield, because Huddersfield we play on Friday night. Right, um, so, so Coventry, Coventry. I, I mean, for the purposes of the podcast that you haven't played now, I got the prediction sadly directly right. I said we'd lose three two. Being honest, I thought we'd win, and I'm gutted we didn't. And I, I, having been so positive about a defeat, I'm still gutted because a defeat's a defeat. do not matter how well you play, we lost. Um, so now I'm going for whereas I went for four points from these two games, hopefully for nine uh, out of the week. I'm going for six now. I think we'll beat Coventry. And I think we'll also beat Huddersfield. So I'm going 2-1 at Coventry and 2-0 at Huddersfield. Right, well, I was close with my prediction because I went 3-0 Fulham. You had 5-0 No, I didn't. No, I didn't. Stop. These lies, where are they coming from, Angela? <laughs> I, I predicted 3-0 Fulham. Um, I was close. Because uh, <laughs> he did score three. Um, but going into Coventry, I've, I can see a draw, to be honest, against Coventry. I'm, I'm seeing a 1-1 draw. Um, and then I think we'll beat. I think we'll beat Huddersfield two 0 I'll be honest right. with you. I, well, think we'll, I think we'll beat Huddersfield. This week for me, uh, I've said all along. I think we'll get in the playoffs. This week for me is the defining two. These two matches are could define our season. If we lose them both, and I think we're just set, heading for a real difficult chance of getting into the playoffs. If we win them both, I think we'll we'll we're way back in. Um, so I'm sure it's. Um, that will be the same with the with the players. They they know how important these next two matches are. Don't yeah. matter how well they played against Fulham, it's how they react now. Yeah, I'm I'm hoping for a win against Coventry. Obviously, but I, I, Coventry are playing well. They're doing well. Coventry are. We keep saying they're going to drop off, and I just I can't. It just doesn't seem. They're below us in the league now. Are they? Yeah, they I, lost yesterday. I know, but they. they they just don't go away. That's, that's... No, they don't, and they will keep trying. But here's a question for you now. Before you go on to Huddersfield yourself, what team would you turn out for us on Tuesday at Coventry? Tuesday, um, yeah. well, Bottom's got going, Auntie. Yeah. Uh, I'd go with Dehaney on the right instead of Smith. I'd rest Smith because uh, he's not playing well either. And Dehaney, uh, to be honest, I've been impressed a couple of times with Dehaney. He's, I think he's better at defending than Smith. Um, Defence-wise, I'd go pretty much the same. Harwood Bell- Bellish on the on the left, uh, Jaggy Elk in the middle. I'd bring Benwell Martin back in. Yeah, I would it, have those three. Because as soon as we can get him in ahead of Chester, the better, the better we'll be. Um, I'd go with Dowerty if he's fit on the left. Um, yeah. I'd go with Baker with Bedis. Always mm-hmm. a silence before that. And then I'd bring Vrancic back in if he's. I'd bring Vrancic back in with Baker, but I'd have Alan in the in the front of the back three. No. <laughs> I would honestly, because I, as much as I'm, I'm not a big fan of Joe Allen, I, I do think he would do a job there. And you've got Vrancic with no legs, but he's he's great with the ball, and and he can find that advanced space and and pick out clever passes. That's why I play Vrancic. 
Well, I'd play Vrancic in the position that I think a bit higher, which is now saying that I'd put Vrancic lower and put Bidace up in the higher role. Because okay. then you've got the pace then behind the strikers, which I think yeah. we've been missing for a long time. It's a very yeah. good signing now because he can play comfortably as a cam. And that pace just, it'll terrify Coventry. Um, with Dowerty so on the left on as the well. Left? Are you having time, uh, No, Dowerty will be on the left. Okay. I'd play Dowerty. Then you've got even more frightening pace running at him. Okay. And then I'd obviously go up, I'd go up front with... Um, I'd go right Phillips with Brown yeah. again. Yeah, I would, but I can see him maybe starting Campbell because, you know, as much as Brown runs his socks off, he can't hold the ball up to save his life. And he's he's not scoring vital goals, whereas Campbell, as much as I've said, I don't think he's ready, uh, he might get you that vital goal that you need. And I wouldn't be surprised if he changes it. We'll see. But they are contrary immediate rivals at the moment, you know. So I think I think he'll make two or three changes, but nothing more. Yeah, they are a main rival. It's frightening, really, from how far down they've come and how high we weigh yeah. in our FA Cup, that famous FA Cup that got huge yeah, sacks. Yeah, got rid of Mark Hughes. And, I always like coming Well, there was, a, there was a, a three-division gap back then, yeah. and now we're in the same division. Yeah. It shows you how crazy football can be. Yeah, it is. I mean, how crazy football is. You know, Hull won two matches this week after we beat them, and we thought they were awful. But if you want to play a forward who'll roll the ball up, Ian, um, then you're going to play Fletcher, aren't you? But you won't last 90 minutes. No, no, the problem The problem is, I, I, to be honest, I think Fletcher might be out. Because right, he, okay. he hasn't been selected for a while. I, I, I think there might be a deal on the cars that we don't know about yet. Or they're trying to offload him. I, I think they want, I, personally, I think they're trying to offload Fletcher and bring a new player in. I, it's just what my feeling is. Yeah, well, that's fair enough. Let's hope it's... Um... Another Mark Steen type. Well, I'm, I'm hoping it's somebody who can just just follows right Phillips around and protects him, so he can just do do his thing. That's yeah, that'd be good. <laughs> Someone like a Billy Jones just guarding him. Yeah. Right. So now we're moving to the women. Yeah. Well, it's not going to take very long because there's only been one match, and that was the first team, and they. Um, they played today against Notts Forest and they lost 1-0. Not very good then, so we'll go straight over that. And that's another one done, Ange. Yeah, we finished. Um, <laughs> so, uh, hopefully you've pressed the record button this time. Oh, God, you're joking, I haven't. No, I have, don't you worry. Yes, I know you have, because you, you, you're not a very good liar. So, um, <laughs> I presume we'll do one next Sunday after we've got six points. Yeah, we'll do one next week. Back to normal again until I get a new laptop. Then we could start adventuring back into Zoom. But at this moment in time, I haven't got the equipment for, yeah, no for doing that stuff. No worries at all. Well, you have a good week, yeah? So that's another one done. Not a great result, but a positive performance. If you like the podcast, make sure you join us on Facebook, Instagram and Twitter. If you're on iTunes, please do us a great favour and put us a five-star review and it goes a long way. I know the improvement and the quality has dropped because we've come away from Zoom, but something in the future to look forward to when I can get the equipment. Thanks for listening. Tura. All the best.